Hello, good afternoon and welcome to episode 13, unlucky for some, of Sherborne Voices podcast for Wednesday the 11th of August 2021. My name's Sue Hill and I'll be with you for the next half hour or so with a packed episode full of local information, what's on events and the first item is the next in our continuing series of items about health and well-being. Now, do you remember the advert that has pandas doing lovely, slow, rhythmical movements in a swimming pool, on a pond, something like that? Well, that's them doing Tai Chi. And the next in our series of health and well-being activities, practices, I don't really know what to call them, is in fact Tai Chi. And one of our local Tai Chi teachers, Tracy, has sent in this piece and it's got some really quite interesting information in it. Hello, my name is Tracy and I'm a Tai Chi and Qigong instructor and I run classes in and around the Sherbourne area. I also work for an organisation called Tai Chi for Better Health, where we go out and train organisations like the NHS and Age UK, mental health charities. We train their staff to become Tai Chi instructors and then they go on to use the Tai Chi training for the health and rehabilitation of their patients or in their communities. I'm sure most of you have heard of Tai Chi, but maybe not all of you will have heard of Qigong. And I hope in the next couple of minutes, just to give you a flavour of what Tai Chi and Qigong are all about. A lot of you, I'm sure, may have seen people practising Tai Chi in parks, either in this country or if you've been abroad, and seen the slow rhythmic movements that make up the forms of Tai Chi. And Qigong really is very similar. It's just slow rhythmic movements. Tai Chi has its roots most definitely in martial arts and all the moves that you see people doing in Tai Chi are either, although they're done very slowly, they're either an attacking move, a fighting attacking move or a defensive move. Whereas Qigong, the very slow movements don't have any fighting aspect to them. An old Tai Chi instructor of mine once put it very well when he said, if you're out on a Saturday night in a pub and somebody picks a fight with you, if you've been practicing Tai Chi, you've got a good chance of defending yourself. Whereas if you've been practicing Qigong only, I'd suggest you run in the other direction. So that kind of gives you an idea of the difference between Tai Chi and Qigong. But why would people practice Tai Chi and Qigong rather than other forms of exercise? Well, with a lot of other forms of exercise, you you have to build up a sweat and it's generally about getting the, the physical body into good shape. Whereas Tai Chi does get the physical body into good shape without building up a sweat, but it also is a whole body exercise because it involves the mind and the breathing and posture as well. So it, it treats the whole body rather than just trying to build up muscle or just for cardiovascular. There's been many studies done, research done over the years into Tai Chi and how it compares to other exercises. And a study done by the NHS where they took, say, 100 people doing aerobic exercise and 100 people doing Tai Chi, they found when they measured their oxygen levels and their uh, muscle density that those 
that were practicing Tai Chi, their levels uh, of fitness were the same, if not in some cases better, than people doing other forms of exercise. And the good thing about Tai Chi is, as a form of exercise, you don't have to don your lycra or buy your expensive trainers. You don't have to build up a sweat and you don't have to be constantly getting up and down from the floor to do the exercises. Tai Chi can be done in your normal everyday clothes, comfortable clothing, and you stand up the whole time that you're doing Tai Chi. And any good Tai Chi instructor combines good posture. They will look at your posture and help you to improve your posture. They'll go back to the basics of correct abdominal breathing with you. And they will bring both of those elements into teaching you also to relax and to move slowly and rhythmically. And that's what I always say to my students when the magic happens, when you combine those things into your Tai Chi and Qigong practice, that's when you really start to get the health benefits and something switches in in the body and you just get hooked. I started Tai Chi about eight years ago and a friend took me along and I, I really didn't have much interest if I'm honest. But after three or four lessons, I was just completely hooked. The way um, Tai Chi makes you feel and the sense of relief and relaxation in the body is quite amazing. So what are the specific health benefits uh, for practicing Tai Chi and Qigong? Well, they're both designed to improve your health and well-being and the gentle rocking and stretching movements that you do helps to clear any blockages in the body, massages the internal organs, improves circulation and digestion. And when we're moving our arms very slowly in Tai Chi, combining it with our breathing, it's really good for any lung conditions and especially asthma. The overall effect of Tai Chi reduces mental stress and physical tension in the body. And it's known that holding physical tension in the body is a main culprit of pain and illness. There are over 10 million people worldwide that practice Qigong and it's considered uh, in Malaysia and Indonesia to be a national health exercise. A very brief summary of the benefits because I could talk forever about the health benefits that it increases your energy levels your agility and really increases your flexibility. It improves your cardiovascular system, loosens and strengthens your joints and muscles. It lowers your blood pressure. It helps with people that are suffering from arthritis. It calms the mind, helps you to relax and reduces stress and can be good for depression. It's been known to help people with insomnia or sleep problems and it overall improves the immune system. And one of the reasons that we work with Age UK is that it's proven to help balance, which really, if you improve your balance as we're getting older, it really helps to reduce falls in older people. So I could go on and on about the health benefits, but I'll try to stop there. Um, if you're at all interested in Tai Chi or want to know anymore. I'm doing an event on the 2nd of September, Thursday the 2nd of September at Lye Village Hall in the big community field there and we're, me and my students were going to be there and just do demonstrating some Tai Chi forms and Qigong and it's a completely free event with tea and some pastries and you're very welcome to come along and just sit and watch and, and see what you think. It's quite a spectacle when you get a group of people together 
moving in Tai Chi and Qigong. And also later in September, I don't have a definite date yet, I'm starting a Tai Chi course for beginners. It will be a 10-week course uh, for beginners. And if you're looking for any more information about those events or any more information about Tai Chi, I have a website that you can look at and that's www.taichiandlemons.com. So thank you very much for listening and I hope it's given you a bit of a flavour of what Tai Chi and Qigong are about. Now, I thought that was very interesting. I did do only a few classes when I lived in Penzance and that's a while ago but I I found the I found the teacher rather irritating so I didn't keep going with it but I did like the kind of movement so I think I might give it a go again thanks to Tracy and I shall attempt to get along to her 2nd of September event and I look forward to hearing more about the beginners classes which I will let you know about in due course. Have you been to the new water gardens in Pageant Gardens yet in Sherbourne? They opened last week and I thought I'd pop down, have a look and give you my reactions. So have a listen. Well, I'm standing here in the new water gardens in Pageant Gardens. You can probably hear the water cascading down there across the stones. And I know there's been a lot of criticism about it, but I I think it's rather pretty. I must admit, I like the little old bridge that we had. But these are rather lovely. Obviously, the planting has yet to, to happen and things have got to grow. But it's nicely arranged. Oh, and there's a water fountain. I mean, a drinking water fountain being put up, which I didn't know was happening. But the actual sculpture type features I'm just walking past the two vase type shapes of things they're rather pretty I always think water is very soothing apart from the rocks that they put out you can sit on there are also some wooden blocks that you can you can sit on as well and just reflect on nature or whatever else you want to reflect on some nice evergreen trees being planted and there are two no three large bowls that have the water cascades from one to the other it would be nice to know who actually designed the garden I expect that's available somewhere. But who made the water containers? I'd like to know that too. And then the last one, which I can see has lights, so it's going to be lit up at dark, has three monoliths, stone, with water coming out of them and falling down. It's not the best day to visit it, but it is pretty. Come and have a look when you're free. So that's my view of the water features in pageant gardens. You could do Tai Chi in pageant gardens with the sound of the water trickling around you. Oh, that'd be nice. I'm going to tell you about a couple of shows that are worth listening to on our local community radio station. That's Abbey 104. 
Today I'm going to mention Big Al's Start the Weekend on a Friday, because that's a great show with a wide range of music across the decades. Features such as Compost Carol's Gardening Tips and Junior Choice, which if you're of a certain age will really take you back to some great old children's songs. He does a Beatles cover version and then plays the Beatles original and a number of other goodies. That's on a Friday from 10 o'clock onwards. And at 12 o'clock, he does a special show called Big Al's Great American Songbook. Now, I have to say, I really love it. And when I was a presenter for Abbey 104, I stood in a couple of times when Alan was on holiday and presented it. They're all American songs or American singers, and some of them go way, way back. And some are American songs by British people, but they're always good. And you always have that feeling you want to sing along. So tune in to Big Al's show on Fridays from 10 in the morning till 1 at lunchtime on Abbey 104 on 104.7 FM on your radio. Or you can listen online on www.abbey104.com. And you can even get that Alexa device play it for you, which is what Big Al does, because I think, as I've told you, he has motor neurone disease, and that's why I'm helping him with this show, because he can't move his hands anymore. So I thought I'd tell you about that. And then another show that I produce for another ex-colleague at Abbey is The Andrew Mack Show. That's on a Monday at 12 noon for an hour. Andrew is also of a certain age and plays some real oldies, but he also features a poem every week, some what he calls jests, and some thoughts for the day. And it's always, um, there's always a bit of a chuckle in there. And I mention his show today because he's a great supporter of the Sherborne Food Bank. And this week he had an update from the Food Bank, which I'm going to play you now. Now, lovely listeners, You know that for a very long time I have been supporting the Sherborne Food Bank. Now, one of my good friends is deeply involved with the Food Bank and he has sent me an update. Now, this is his wording and it's, um, I don't say lengthy, but just listen to what I've got to say. The Sherborne Food Bank is a heading. From humble beginnings over 10 years ago, the Sherborne Food Bank is sadly now one of the most important registered charities in our town and surrounding villages, providing basic food supplies to some of our most needy residents. There are multiple and complex reasons as to why our clients have fallen on hard times, and ours is not to judge. Unlike most food banks around the country, we do not have a shop, he says, but instead operate a weekly delivery service on Friday morning. Our clients are referred to us by a variety of agents, such as Citizens Advice Bureau, the Rendezvous, Magna Housing, the Health Centres, our schools and churches, to name but a few. Typically, they provide between 25 and 35 family units per week, depending on time of year and other external conditions, such as those which affect unemployment. The food bank is not designed to be a long-term solution, and most of the clients are on our books, he says, for three to six weeks. 
The Citizens Advice Bureau is the preferred referral agency as they offer multiple services to help their clients get back onto their feet and not become long-term food bank dependent. The food bank supplies are blessed by the generosity of you, the good people of Sherborne, in the filling of food bank boxes at our supermarkets, Sainsbury's, Waitrose and the Cooperative, with much of the food required week by week. So a big thank you from the Sherborne Food Bank, but also a request that food donations are kept mainly to the staple items. In addition to the above, monetary donations are also welcome. And all I can tell you is the following information. You can visit the website www.sherbornefoodbank.org or their telephone number Monday to Friday is 07854163869 and the email address is help at sherbornefoodbank.org So come on lovely listeners, support the Sherborne Food Bank and give benefit to those who may be as not as lucky as you or I. Thank you. My thanks to Andrew there for giving us an update on the Sherborne Food Bank. I can also tell you that the volunteer ambassadors for Sherborne have now got, uh, what can we call it, a base for providing information for visitors to Sherborne. We've got a table and a couple of chairs and a big sale and we're going to be outside the old tourist information centre, given that signposts still show the the directions to get to it and will be based there hopefully in the dry so if you want information about Sherborne if you've got friends who are visiting come along and say hello we'll be very pleased to see you here are a few local information notices let's start with a couple of job vacancies Oxford's bakery is looking for two people as permanent part-time drivers the small family-run bakery. It's delivering to the shops across Dorset throughout the week and weekends. Must be confident driving a delivery vehicle. Shifts are Saturday to Tuesday, 7 till 11am, or presumably Monday to Friday, 7 till 11am. You can send your application via their Facebook page, that's Dave Oxford's Facebook page, or an email to Oxford's Bakery Finance, all one word, at gmail.com. Sherborne Community Kitchen is looking for a chef stroke cook to support this, this local charity with lunchtime meals. The Sherborne Community Kitchen is well known and award winning charity that cooks and delivers delicious locally prepared meals. Now, they now want to offer sit-down traditional lunches at their Sherborne base. And if you remember the interview I did with Jill Warburton, she mentioned that then. So they're looking for a self-employed chef or cook to join the vibrant team. This is a rewarding and unique opportunity to provide a vital local service to people who may struggle to provide a hot meal for themselves. Hours are 9am to 2pm with an hourly pay rate of £15 for the suitable candidate. L2 food hygiene certificate and planning and catering skills for 100 is a must. 
More information, contact communitykitchenteam at gmail.com or phone Jill or Harry on 07561067381. And remember, we always put the contact details for items in each episode on the SherbourneVoicesPodcast.com website. And it's worth reminding you that everybody can use Sherborne Community Kitchen. You can get a main course for £3.50 or a main course and pudding for £5. And your contribution of £3.50 or £5 goes towards the cost of the free meals that are provided for people in need. The Friends of Stour Connect has a Meals on Wheels service that's gone from strength to strength and is attracting a lot more attention, apparently. As a result, they're appealing for more volunteer drivers to cope with the higher demand. And they've set up a meeting at the Community Cafe where you can go along for a friendly chat with one of the team and receive a free cup of coffee or tea. So if you have time on your hands during lunchtimes... Why not get in touch or pop along and get more information? Apparently, the volunteer drivers have all travel expenses paid and they're involved for roughly an hour to an hour and a half between 12 and 1.30pm. To find out more, contact Andy Watson or Sharon Biggs on 01258 471 359 or you can email admin at Friends of Stour Connect, all one word, dot org. And that seems a good way of volunteering to help the community and a good way of recruiting people to hold a kind of event for it. I also saw what I thought was a great idea. You know those elastic bands you get sometimes on your post? And if you're like me, you find you've got endless numbers of them dotted all over the place, stuffed in drawers, etc., Well, the Royal Mail have decided that it's a good idea to recycle those elastic bands, which makes sense, doesn't it? So they are encouraging us to post any unwanted elastic bands in the post box. They'll be reused by the team and the broken ones will be recycled. It says, and I had never thought about it, that even if an elastic band is called biodegradable, it can still take many years for them to degrade. So this is a great idea, simple idea of reusing and recycling to stop bands ending up on our floors and making their way into the ocean. Well, isn't that a good idea? So you just have to take any that you've got and pop them in the post box. You don't need to put them in an envelope or anything. Just whack them in the post box. Well done, Royal Mail. That's a good idea. We've mentioned the food bank, and we've mentioned the community kitchen, but I've also heard about a number of places that are offering free or very cheap meals for children when an adult pays for a meal. So if you're struggling over the holidays, or if you'd like a little bit of a break to go out and have something to eat, the following places would be good to put on your list. Morrison's offers free kids meals with an adult meal. Asda offers free kids meals with an adult spending £3.50. Marks and Spencer's, kids eat free with an adult spending £3.50. Bella Italia, Kids eat for one pound with any paying ad- adult with any paying adult B 
between Sunday and Friday, so not on a Saturday. Sizzling pub and grill, kids eat for a pound with any adult mean meal with any adult meal Monday to Friday between three and seven PM, so outside peak times I guess. Tesco, kids eat free when an adult spends one pound. I hope it's one pound. It's on the end of the line I'm reading. Hungry horse pubs, no idea where they are. Kids eat breakfast for free every day, 8am to 12 noon, with a paying adult. Farmhouse inns, kids eat for £1 with a paying adult. Two children can eat per adult. Oh, that's good. Beef Eater and Brewer's Fair offer children a three-course meal for four ninety-nine, and Pizza Hut do an unlimited buffet weekdays till three p.m. eight ninety-nine for adults and five ninety-nine for children. Let's have a look at some what's on items. First of all, this coming Friday, the thirteenth, at the Mill Farm, Bradford Abbas, there will be. A production of Little Lily Harley, which is the thrilling story of Charlie Chaplin's childhood triumph over adversity. Hmm. And it's the Rude Mechanical Theatre Company's outdoor tour. They suggest you bring low-back chairs, warm clothing, there's food and bar available on site, but please no glass as animals and people use the field at other times. Tickets are £19 plus concessions are available. You can get more information by ringing Mark O'Reilly on 07933 800110 or 01935-414-778 and you can even email events at millfarmdorset.com. Picnics from 5.45 if you want to take your own picnic. The performance starts at 7.30 and it's full of music hall and silent movie magic. So that's this coming Friday, the 13th of August. Now the 14th, apart from being my birthday, we have two big events. First of all, the Sturminster Summer Fete, which is supported by Sturminster Newton Rotary, and stir biz. That's this Saturday, the 14th of August, between 12 and 4pm in the Railway Gardens. It's including live music, there's a raffle, tombola, treasure hunt, splat the rat, the mind boggles, and a coconut shy. There's free parking in the town. And vying for competition, we have the Yetminster Fair, also on the 14th, that's this coming Saturday, which this year will not be in the high street, but the new location at the sports ground has lots of space, including parking, and that makes it possible for the fair to host many new attractions, such as a dog show, classic car display, great range of stands, stalls, and there's even the opportunity to try your hand at croquet. I've never played croquet, I've always thought it looked Quite an interesting and relaxing thing to do. I may be totally wrong, of course. Now, the Yetminster Fair Facebook page gives us a little bit of history. Now, if you live in Yetminster and have done for a long time, you probably know this like the back of your hand. But there will be lots of people like me who don't know anything about it. Apparently, the Yetminster Fair is one of the oldest ones in Wessex and has been running almost continuously 
since the 13th century under a charter granted in the 13th century by Simon de Ghent, Bishop of Salisbury, for a fair to be held in his manor of Yetminster. Traditionally held on the eve of St Andrew's Day, the charter also included the right to hold a market on Mondays in his manor so locals could sell their products, cattle and crafts. The format, location and date for the fair has changed much over time. Originally, Fair Day was held on November the 30th, St Andrew's Day, but by the 19th century, a fair was held twice a year in April and October. And for many years, the fair was located on Upbury Farm and boys from the village's Boyles School, which was set up for local poor boys and endowed by Dorset scientist Robert Boyle, they all had the day off. People came from far and wide, and until 1947, livestock sales were a big attraction at the fair. In 1896, to boost attendance, cheap rail tickets were issued, and it was agreed that the 10.32am express train from Weymouth would stop at Yetminster so people could attend. My goodness. For many, the fair's heyday was when the Yetis performed attracting big crowds for their annual performance. And they're happy to say that this year is a first step towards a bright future for the fair after a difficult year for everyone. So the dog show part of it has first, second and third prize rosettes and there are classes for the waggiest tail, the coolest pup, the golden oldie, the scruffiest dog, the rescue dog, dog that the judge would most like to take home. Oh, what fun. The fair starts at 12 noon, the dog show starts at 2.30, and that's at Yetminster Community Sports Club. Entry for the dog show is £1 per class, and entry forms are available from 12 noon on the day. And there have been quite a few photographs of classic cars that will be on display at the fair. So if you're into your classic cars, I'd go and have a look. And of course, there'll be cakes and scones and all manner of goodies like that. And at the Yetminster Fair, of course, there is an Abbey 104 arena where there will be music and some of it will be live. Apparently, there's a duo called Word Gets Out who will be performing. A few weeks ago, you may remember I interviewed Adrian from the Amateur Players of Sherborne and he told us about an upcoming play that they're going to be performing. Well, that time has come around now. And this coming Sunday... At 2.30, they will be performing Shakespeare in and out of love in the Paddock Gardens, Newland, Sherborne. You have to take your own seating and probably a waterproof just in case. Tickets are £10 and you can get them on the gate or by telephoning 07585 278 722. And that price includes programme and a glass of wine. They will then repeat the performance the following Sunday, the 22nd of August, again at 2.30 in Paddock Gardens. On Sunday, the 15th of August, from 11.30am to 3.30pm at Sherborne Steam and Waterwheel Centre, there's an open day and you can see how the area overcame a previous health crisis. The waterwheel and steam engines will be running 
There'll be audio-visual displays and many items of local and historic interest. There's a tea room, picnic area, toilet, free parking on road. Entry by donation, cash or card. And for more information, you can visit www.sswc.co.uk or the Facebook page Sherborne Steam. Now, I've actually never been there. So I might well just take a whiz round. That's it for today. My thanks to Tracy for giving us a very interesting bit of information about Tai Chi and Qigong. And I hope the weather on the 2nd of September is good. I'll certainly be aiming to get there. Don't forget to any contributions you have information that might be of interest to anyone living and working in the area do get in touch sue at sherbornevoicespodcast.com i would love to hear from you and if anybody would like to get involved with the podcast again the same email address sue at sherbornevoicespodcast.com until next week look after yourselves don't get burnt if it's very hot don't get wet if it's very wet stay safe but have fun too. Bye for now.